If you did not get a paper that was out there, the top it says love test. We're going to take a test tonight. Uh, they are out there. Uh, if you need to get one, feel free to get up and run out there. Yeah, I want to see you run. You got to run. <laughs> Just grab them all, bring them all in. So, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Yeah, we're going to double his salary as of today. <laughs> it's, it's good to have people that want to help. All right. Yeah, we're going to take a test. I'm going to test you guys. I'm going to grade it. We're going to post the grades up on the wall for everybody to see. Uh, no, we're not, we're not even going to tell each other our answers, so it's, it's okay. I don't know how much of a test it really is. It just, I, I couldn't come up with a better name for it, so that's what I went with. So, we're going to go over these. If you want to write down your answers, feel free. If you, um, don't want to, that's fine. Uh, if you don't want the person next to you seeing your answers, just, you know, put your arm over it, right like that, like you're in school, you know, cover your answers. Uh, so I'm going to read these. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to answer them as we go through them. If you get ahead of me and answer them real fast, that's fine. Go at your own pace, no problem. Uh, but I'm going to read them mostly for everyone online to be able to know what we're doing here. Uh, so these uh, questions are going to help ourselves see what we love. And I want you to think specifically about the last seven days when answering these questions. Uh, so not like, you know, when you were four years old, you know, not that kind of thing, not from a year ago, uh, just the last seven days. Uh, so number one says, did you use the word love? Now, when I was writing this, I had to think for a second and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. You know, uh, sometimes I can't remember what I did yesterday. So, you know, you just got to think. So <laughs> so the first one should be easy, depending on our memory. Uh, but did you use the word love? Uh, number two, list the things that you were talking about when you used the word love. So in the last seven days, anytime you use the word love, what were you talking about? You know, it might be. Uh, a delicious Oreo cookie, you know, it could be anything, whatever you were talking about, uh, maybe your spouse, you know, if you love them, might be your spouse, so, if, I said if, <laughs> if, <laughs> you never know, it's not a guarantee, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything that you were talking about while using the word love. Number three, what did you desire to do? Uh, so what were you looking forward to doing over the last seven days? Whether you did it or not, doesn't matter. Uh, but something that you are really, really looking forward to doing over the last seven days. All right, number four, what did you put the most time into planning or preparing for? What did you put the most time into planning or preparing for, again, over the last seven days? All right, moving on to number five. Feel free to keep writing. You can go at your own pace, no problem. Number five, what did you spend the most time doing 
over the last seven days. Now, I only want you to consider your free time. Um, you know, we probably spent the most time doing things like working or sleeping. Some people sleep more than others, so maybe it's not sleeping for you if you don't sleep that much. But uh, you know, I put eating on there. I spent a lot of time eating over the last seven days. So you don't have to put those things. Uh, put your free time. What, what, was, what did you spend the most time doing? Now, you could, if you want to just put the, the number one item, the, the thing you spent the most time on, that's fine. If there's like three or four things that you think you spent a decent amount of time on, you could put those on there. Again, considering the free time you had over the last seven days. I heard that. <laughs> At your age, I would have said video games too. So, <laughs> Number six, think of the things you wanted to do but did not get to do or you felt like you didn't get to do enough of. Uh, try to list the top three if you can. Uh, so maybe something that you really, really wanted to do over the last seven days but you didn't get to do it. Or maybe you only got to do a little bit of it, you know, like I really wanted to eat 10 bowls of ice cream this week and I only got one. And so I really wish I'd have got more. So I'm going to write down bowls of ice cream uh, or for the little ones. It could be video games. I only got seven hours of video games this week. I wanted 12, you know, whatever it is. What, maybe you didn't get to do it at all. Maybe you only got to do a little bit of it. and You would have liked to do a whole lot more. All right, that's the last question of our test. Uh, you can grade your own and just decide if you get an A or a B, whatever you want. Just put whatever you want at the top. That's your grade. All right, this test is to help us realize the things that we love. Uh, so just take a look at your paper and see the things that you wrote down. Consider uh, whether you just thought of the, the things or wrote it down or whatever. Just kind of consider the things that came up on those questions. I also want you to take this paper home tonight, and I want you to pray over this paper. I want you to pray when you're spending your time with God tonight, and pray to Him and, and ask Him, look at the paper and, and ask God, are there anything, are, are there some things that's missing on this list that should be on here that's not on here? And then also ask God, is there things on this list that shouldn't be on this list? Is there things on there that we should take off of the list? Now, one thing that needs to be on all of our lists, uh, probably not something you might have thought of to write down, and that's fine, uh, but it's something that we all probably could do much better at giving time to, is loving the lost. And that's what the message is about tonight. Uh, tonight's title for the message is Love the Lost. Uh, so that's what we're going to be considering tonight on, uh, on our last message on Christian love. Loving the lost, I think, is an area of Christian love that I think that we as Christians, we get a bad reputation for. I think this is because there have been too many Pharisee-style believers that don't see the hurt in people. They don't see the true need of people. And I think this is because they don't really see the heart of people. Uh, we are going to look at that tonight, and we're going to look at the facts of how Christians need to love the lost and how Christians should love the lost. But first, I want to look at why Christians should love the lost. Number one, why Christians should love the lost. Uh, turn to Revelations chapter 20. Revelations chapter 20, and we're going to start in verse 11. 
we're going to consider why Christians should love the lost. Revelations 20, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Uh, why Christians should love the lost? Because there is a judgment day coming. Uh, th this passage uh, is uh, used for the second message I ever preached in my entire life. Uh, this was back when I was 16 or 17 years old, so about half my life ago. Uh, I, I preached this message back then, and I believe it was the second message. My first message was will of God, uh, and this was my second message. Uh, and, and I might preach that sometime. Uh, I might have to add to it. I think it was only about six or seven minutes long, which you guys might like. Uh, but I wouldn't mind only saying things for six or seven minutes. Uh, but uh, I might preach that someday, so I'm not going to preach that tonight. Uh, but you may be wondering, why are we reading such a sad passage during a, me a message on Christian love? Uh, I believe as far as soul winning goes, I believe this is one of the most powerful passages we could study. Uh, we're not going to study this passage verse by verse or word by word tonight. Uh, I just want us to consider it as a whole. Uh, we should do this as we consider why we should love the lost. The fact is that there is a judgment day coming. The lost will have to stand before God and they will have to answer for themselves. Uh, there is no answer that can be given that will excuse their sins. Uh, there is a lake of fire waiting for those who do not have their names written in the book of life. This is a literal lake of fire. Uh, the lost will be thrown into this lake of fire and spend eternity dying in this lake of fire. Uh, this is why we read this passage tonight. These are facts that I'm telling you uh, from this passage. And I believe this is the number one reason why we should love the lost, because there is a judgment day coming. Uh, the second reason is because Jesus loves them. Uh, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, and we'll look at verse 4. It says, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. 
Jesus loves the lost. Another great reason for us to love the lost is because Jesus loved the lost. Jesus loved the lost so much that he did something about it. He left the ones that he was with up in heaven. He came down here to find the lost. Uh, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, I love that verse. I'm so thankful for that verse in my Bible. Uh, just to let you know, in some Bibles, that verse is missing. I'm thankful that God had that verse for us because that is why Jesus came, to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was me. I was lost. Before I came to know Jesus as my personal Savior, I was lost. And Jesus came for me. And, and that was all of us. Uh, before we accepted Jesus, uh, Jesus came for us because he loves us. Uh, there are still lost people out there right now that need to know that Jesus came for them. Jesus should be what we're aiming to be like, right? Uh, who we desire to be like. If we call ourselves a Christian, that means we want to be so much like Jesus that people can see Jesus when they look at us. Uh, if that's true, Jesus loved the lost. He loved the lost so much he was willing to do something for them. If we want to be like Jesus, we would love the lost just like Jesus did. Uh, if you ever want to know why we should love the lost, these are two reasons for you. First, there is a judgment day coming. And second, because Jesus loved the lost. So we know the why and how, or why Christians should love the lost. Now let's look at how we should love the lost. How Christians should love the lost. And first, uh, we should love them with the gospel. We should love the lost with the gospel. There is no greater love that you could ever show someone than to tell them about Jesus Christ. Uh, if you love someone, you would do anything to save them, right? We're talking about physically saving them. You would push them out of the way of a moving car if you love them. You would stop them uh, from getting hurt in any way you could. If you had to do CPR, you would do it for 30, 40 minutes or however long it took. Uh, you would do whatever you needed to do because you loved them. Uh, if you love someone, you would do anything to save them physically. So if you love them, wouldn't you do something to help save their soul for eternity? We need to love the lost with the gospel. We might be the only chance they have to find Jesus. Uh, would you walk past someone that was choking and just, just keep walking? Would you walk past someone that was bleeding and not do anything for them? Uh, would you uh, let a blind person walk right past you and go right into moving traffic? Uh, there are lost souls literally walking right past us every single day. And they're walking uh, right into that lake of fire. And we could stop them. We could tell them about Jesus. We could show them uh, Christian love and tell them about Jesus. If we loved them, then we would. We need to love the lost with the gospel. We need to be uh, in so much love with finding the lost and telling the lost that we're willing to do something about it. Uh, are we willing to at least give them a track? Maybe you don't know all the words to say. Uh, I'll just let you know it's not complicated. If you did it, if you are a child of God, you know exactly what to tell them. Tell them what you did. And that's all you got to do. Just tell them what Jesus did for them and tell them what you did. Uh, but are you willing to at least give him a track? Uh, I'm really uh, proud and impressed of my son. He uh, decided all on his own that he was going to give out tracks at our yard sale we did uh, at our house over last weekend. 
And uh, we were getting ready to leave on Thursday morning, and you know how that is. We're just trying to rush around, and I'm yelling, hey, why isn't everybody not in the car yet? Because I always want to leave 10 minutes ago, you know? Like, like it's uh, we never leave when I want to leave. I try to tell them a fake time, you know, like 20 minutes early, but they blow right through that 20 minutes. It doesn't mean nothing. Uh, so we never leave when we want to leave. So we're trying to get all ready. I think Harper's already standing out by the car or something, and I'm looking for Marshall, and he's in, in the house digging through drawers, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, he said he's trying to get something, and I didn't bother trying to figure out all the details. I said, just hurry up, let's go, you know, because my concern was just getting there. You know, I wanted to get this thing started. I wanted to sell everything I could. Uh, and, and so when we finally got there, he starts putting out all these tracks right by the door. And he's got this little thing, and he's got all these tracks on. And I said, was that what you were looking for in that drawer? He said, yeah. And he knew right where they were. I had no clue there was tracks in that drawer. Uh, but he knew they were in there, and he got them all out. He had all kinds of tracks. And Marshall gave 18 people a track over last weekend. I just thought that was super impressive. And, and I, I'm grateful that he love them enough to tell them about Jesus, at least through that track. We need to use every opportunity we can to tell people about Jesus. Now, uh, after seeing Marshall, I was a little convicted, right? I was like, how come I didn't think of that, you know, kind of thing. And so I, I just had, you know, God just spoke to me. And he he uh, said, uh, you know, hey, here's your chance. And so people would come in. And uh, they would start looking around and instantly, because we're doing the yard sale inside the house, so instantly they would ask, you know, are you moving? And so at first I thought, oh, you know, I don't want to tell these people anything. You know, I don't even know these people. I don't want them to, you know, to know my business and stuff. But God stopped me and he said, right there, there's your chance. So I got to tell him everything about what God did for our church and how God uh, moved and, and everything that happened. I got to tell him about Jesus and, and uh, it, it was just a blessing that God just spoke to me and said, hey, and you could just see it clear. It's like it's like uh, God walked into the dark room of my brain where, where my brain should be. And uh, he just flipped on the switch and the lights came on and everything just worked all of a sudden. It was just it's just amazing to see God speak to you like that. And, and it, it was great because all these people asked the same question. And so I could use that as a path to get to them to Jesus. And tell them about church and invite them to church. And, and it was like, it was almost like I was luring them into a trap. It was, it was really cool, you know, like they were walking in and they had no clue. They were all going to ask the same question. They had no clue what was coming. And, and, and I, you know, I just, it, I, it was a conversation they, they couldn't get out of. And it was great. So I could tell them about the church and tell them about Jesus. And then uh, next thing you know, they're getting ready to walk out, whether they like to talk about Jesus or not. And then Marshall hits them with a track. You know, it was like it was like the greatest tag team effort ever. You know, so it was just awesome. Uh, but uh, we did that because we love them. Uh, yes, we did it out of obedience and many other things, but we did it because we love them. Uh, now, I usually struggle with all of this. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm telling you how great I did over the last couple of days, but that's, that's not usually me. I usually struggle with this. I usually miss all kinds of opportunities. It'll be five minutes later. I'm like, oh, why didn't I say this? You know, like all the time I do that. Uh, but this weekend, God just pointed out, he said, right here is your opportunity. It was as clear as can be. And this time I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And Marshall said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. That's love. Sharing the gospel with the lost is real, true love. Uh, so the first way that we need to love the lost or how we can love the lost is to love them with the gospel. The second way on how we can love the lost is to have compassion for them, to have compassion for them. And there's many ways to do this. 
Uh, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be very simple. The first one that I have is we could look at them. Look at them. That's, that's something that's disappearing in the day we live in. Uh, but we need to actually look at them and see them. Uh, and we can see that they have needs. And we could look in their direction. How, how often do we see uh, someone that uh, maybe they look a little rough or, you know, whatever. And we're, we're driving to Walmart and there's that guy standing there on the corner. And we're just, you know, we don't even want to look over there, right? Uh, why don't we look at them? Uh, we, we need to actually see them. If, if we, you know, even if we disagree with their life choices, uh, if they don't look the way that we think they should look, uh, th- there are Christians that won't look at you if your hair is not perfectly the way they want it to be. And, and I've seen it in churches. Uh, they won't look at you if you're not wearing a tie. Uh, or you, know, you dressed up, but not quite good enough. So, hey, brother, you know, try again next week and do a little bit better. Maybe tighten that tie up or something, you know. I've, I've seen these things. I've heard these things in churches. It happens. Uh, Christians don't even treat each other with love half the time. Uh, worse than that, we go out there in the world and we won't even look at the people that need us the most, need Jesus the most, uh, because we don't like the way they look or they don't look the way we think they should or we start assuming things about them. Uh, this is just like the parable of the Good Samaritan. The priest and the Levite, they looked the other way. Those were men of God. They knew what God would have wanted them to do. They knew the scriptures, uh, but they wouldn't even bother themselves to look at this man. Uh, they go as far away from him as possible. Yes, they saw him there. The, the passage says that they saw them there, but as soon as they seen him, what they do? They got away from him. They didn't go towards him. They didn't look at him. They looked away from him. They went away from him as fast as they could. We can show love to the lost just by looking at them. Now, I don't mean staring at them, not that kind of thing. Don't make them feel awkward or strange or anything. Uh, but we can look at them and have caring eyes and we can see them and interact with them uh, and do this all with love. This is uh, lost in the day we live in. Everybody is just so in their phone. People are driving down the roads not even looking at the road, you know. I mean, nobody's looking anymore. I mean, it makes a big difference if you just make eye contact with somebody nowadays, you have a connection with them just because you made eye contact. Now, we're talking about having compassion on the lost as a way to love the lost. And we can uh, look at them in love. We can also listen to them. So we can look at them in love and we can also listen to them. Now, I want to say after we look at them, we can talk to them. But that's not the point. It's the, the talking's not the point. It's the listening uh, I'm sure we've all been around someone that talked at us, right? Uh, not not talking with us. They're actually talking at you. And they just keep talking and talking. And they don't really care anything about what you have to say. They care about being heard. Uh, they even go as far to ask questions and answer them for you so that you don't have to talk and they can just keep talking. Uh, those kinds of people, they don't really care about you or what you want. They don't care to listen to you. They care about themselves being heard. And we got to be careful not to be like that. We need to be the kind of person that people seek out when they need to talk. We need to be the kind of person that listens to others. Uh, listening is a really great way to show someone that you love them. Uh, that's a little hint for the husbands, you know. Uh, listening, right? Hear the words, store them in your head so that you can get them back out later. Uh, as long as the filing cabinet in your head opens in time and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we need to listen to people. 
when, when you're at a store and you get to the register, what do we always do? Oh, hi, have a good day, see you later, uh, thanks, you know, kind of thing, right? Well, what would happen if we looked them in the eyes and say, how is your day going? Uh, you know, just actually ask them a question and then listen to what they're going to say. Just close your mouth and listen. Uh, doing this shows that we care, uh, that we have compassion for them. Uh, the lost, many times they're looking for someone to listen to them, uh, to care enough about them to, to listen to them, to close, that we close our mouth long enough for them to tell us what's in their hearts and what's on their minds. Uh, we need to look at the lost, we need to listen to the lost, and we need to lend a hand to the lost. Now, we need to help the lost when we can. Uh, in Luke chapter 9, what did Jesus do? He, in, Unless you memorize the whole Bible, you probably don't know. Uh, but he fed the 5,000, the 5,000 plus. He fed them. Then he preached to them, which is great. But he fed them. Uh, that's helping them. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus calmed a storm. He helped his disciples on the boat and all the other people that were working on the boat as well. Uh, in most of Jesus' encounters with the lost, he does some kind of deed of helping them first, usually. And then he tells them that he is the way to heaven, the only way to heaven, the, the bread of life, uh, the living water. Uh, many different ways he tells them that he is the way to heaven. And if they have faith, he goes on to tell them that their faith has saved them. Uh, notice in most of these encounters Jesus has with the lost, he didn't uh, necessarily invite them to church. He didn't walk up to them and, and start telling them about the salvation part of it right away, uh, which is okay to do, but he didn't do that on many occasions. He didn't walk up to them and tell them how their sins are wrong and what they're doing is condemning them to hell. He did that in the proper times. But a lot of times with these enca- uh, encounters with the lost, he helped them out first. And then he was able to present them to the gospel, uh, the gospel to them because of that connection. Uh, we can use that same approach when, when we can. Uh, yes, there will be times when we go right into the plan of salvation, and that's perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, when necessary, when appropriate, that is perfectly fine. And, and again, Jesus did tell others about salvation right away too. Uh, but most of the time, it will be accepted much better coming from us if we show the lost some love first, uh, we can help them uh, in any way possible. Maybe just uh, help a stranger carry things to their car, uh, pick something up when they drop it. And uh, we see someone in need and offer to get them something if they need. If, if it's lost people in our lives that were that are not strangers, we're more uh, acquainted with them. We can uh, do things for them, maybe help them with yard work or uh, painting or car work or, uh, you know, those are all guy things, whatever ladies like to do. We can help them shop, right, you know, or whatever uh, you ladies might like doing uh, and, uh, you know, help them get, do something for them. Doing acts like that show them love. We can show the lost love and compassion uh, by looking at them, by listening to them, and then we can show the lost love by lending them a hand. So we know why we need to love the lost. We know how that we can love the lost. Now we need to go out and love the lost. We need to go out and love the lost. Now it's time to do the action of loving the lost. We need to go out and do it. The knowledge is in us. We know what God's word has to say about uh, about this. And, and we know there are numerous examples in the Bible of loving the lost. Uh, for the most part, the lost are not in here. Uh, it's possible. I, I don't know everybody. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's between you and God. I don't know. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the lost is out there. 
in, in, in the world that we live in every single day. We walk by them all the time. We shop next to them every day. Uh, we work with them. We see them at the gas station. We see lost souls every time we leave the house. Uh, these are all examples of people we should lo- show Christian love to. Uh, the person behind you in line at the store, we should show them love. The person next to you at the gas station, we should show them love. The guy that you work with five days a week, we should show them love. The, sh- the stranger we walk by in the park or walking down the road or whatever, we should show them love. There are many uh, people that we should be showing love to. Uh, we should be showing Christian love to all these people, to everyone that we meet. Uh, if you have been waiting for an invitation to show the lost love, here it is. I'm inviting you. I'm not only inviting you to love the lost, I'm encouraging you to go out and love the lost. I desire for us all to do better at this, to love the lost and, and to show them God through us. Uh, turn to, uh, let's see, it's Jude verse 21. Jude verse 21. Uh, what happens if we love the lost? It says, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Loving the lost will pull them out of the fire. Now there are, I looked this up, there are 8.1 billion people in the world. That, that's a lot of people. About 2.4 billion claim to be Christians, uh, claim to be uh, believers in Jesus Christ. 2.4 of the 8.1. So that leaves 5.7 billion lost souls to try and reach. That's a lot. Uh, This means that 70% of the people you see out there every day when we're living in the world, when we're out living our life and we're out in in the world, 70% of the people we see are lost. 70% 70 of the people we see are headed into that final judgment that we read in Revelations. And they're walking right into that lake of fire. Uh, We have the opportunity to pull them out of this fire. We can help them avoid that fire altogether. Uh, if you picture in your mind a house that's on fire, and what happens? The, the fire department shows up, right? And they get there, and they find out uh, someone is still in the house. What do they do? A fireman runs into that house, and they find that person, and they throw them over their shoulder, and they run back out of the house. And that is literally what we are doing. That's exactly what we are doing when we love the lost. Uh, we're helping them out of the fire. We're helping them to avoid the lake of fire. Uh, what will loving the lost do? It will pull them out of the fire and it will make a difference. Uh, Jude verse 22, it says, And some have compassion, making a difference. If we love the lost, it will make a difference. It will change their eternity. The biggest and best difference we could ever make. Now, I started off by saying that I think Christians have a bad reputation uh, concerning loving the lost. Uh, this is because... In the past, Christians have not looked at the heart of the lost. Uh, they only look at their mistakes. Uh, so turn to one last place tonight, uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we'll start in verse 1. 
says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Uh, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the least, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Now we must realize that we're not perfect either. Uh, just like all those religious men here, these were religious men that brought this woman to Jesus. Uh, we, just like these men, we need to be convicted, like it says in verse 9. We need to take care of our own sins and let others take care of those, theirs. It's not our job to take care of their sins. Uh, Jesus loved this lost soul here. He acted out on that love because he loved her. He, he pulled her out of the fire. He made a difference in her life. Now, Jesus didn't love her sin. I'm not saying that at all. He didn't say it was okay for her to sin. He didn't like that sin. He didn't tolerate it. Uh, for her, it was specifically adultery. Uh, he didn't say that was okay at all. Uh, actually, in verse 11, he tells her to go and sin no more. Uh, so Jesus points out that it was a sin and tells her not to do it anymore. Uh, but Nowhere are we told that we should love the sins of the world. Uh, we're not told to tolerate the sins of the world at all. We're not told to even ignore them or, or to never preach about sin. Uh, Jesus loved the sinner, this woman, and led her to salvation. And then after he led her to salvation, he then dealt with the sin. This is where Christians, I believe, have messed up on occasion. Uh, we've gotten things out of order sometimes. Uh, we go out and we try to condemn people for their sins, just like these men in John 8 did. Uh, we need to rearrange our order a little bit. And we need to go out first and, and love the lost and, and tell them about Jesus. If we do, it will make a difference. They will avoid that fire because there is a judgment day coming. And, and we will see people that have walked right past us, we have interacted with. Maybe it's someone that worked right next to us at our, our job. And, and they'll be standing in front of that judgment seat. And God will look in the book of life for their name, and it might not be in there. Uh, because we didn't love the lost enough. We didn't love them enough to, to love them with the gospel and show them that we love them to give us a way to tell them about Jesus. So let's go out this week and make a difference, like it says in Jude 22, make a difference Let's go out and love the lost. Let's pray.